Good morning. Welcome back to the podcast. And today we are talking all things HMO. So, hi folks, welcome back to Cup of Tea with Rick G. Now, I've been getting asked quite a lot of questions recently about what my thoughts are on the future of the private rental sector, of course, but more specifically, HMOs and serviced accommodation as well has also dropped itself along there too. And people are kind of getting a little bit tetchy, a little bit worried about, you know, going into a market that's quite uncertain because of all of the things that everyone's been going through over the last, you know, sort of six months or more. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about my thoughts on HMOs. Now, some people may think I'm biased because that's what we do for a living. You know, HMOs are the lifeblood of our business. I mean, we have anything up to 150 HMO tenants at any one time. So all of that aside, let's look at, you know, let's look at the stats. Let's look at the um, the things that are going on at the moment. And let's see what we can come up with as a conclusion towards the end of the podcast. So first of all, I think the government schemes at the moment are pretty much holding up everything that that we are trying to do, all the strategies that we're doing and all of the, the furlough scheme and everything else is all propping up the property market. So we've got the stamp duty land tax holiday and we've got the furlough scheme and we've had the bounce back loans and the C-bill loans. And of course, collectively, all of that is creating what I think is a false bubble at the moment and a little bit of a false environment. So what's going to happen when the furlough scheme stops? Well, the furlough scheme stops in October and inevitably we're going to see a huge rise and a spike in unemployment, which of course is going to have an adverse effect on tenancies, whether people are going to be able to even need to have a tenancy um, working away with serviced accommodation units. Um, is it going to affect you know, the private rental sector? Well, yes, of course. Now, it might mean that we have to change our demographic, but let's just see what happens. So at the moment, we just had a 100% rent roll on the first of the month from our HMO portfolio, and all things are rosy, but come the end of October, I think things might change just a little bit. Now, we've also got the stamp duty land tax holiday as well, but that's more towards the sale of property rather than the renting of HMO and, um, and, and single lets, of course. So let's look at why people want to invest in HMOs in the first place. So HMOs provide the whole package as far as I'm concerned for people that are trying to get onto the housing ladder. So people that potentially can't afford to rent a whole single let themselves, people that want a transient lifestyle so they can move around, they can go from, you know, city to city. Effectively with HMOs, you know, we can do shorter term contracts, even though they're covered for six months by the Housing Act, but we can do shorter term contracts. So HMOs, of course, most of which, most strategies that people adopt with the HMO is that we offer all inclusive bills. So we've got a household that is potentially occupied by people with a similar mindset. They've got similar ages and similar interests. There are communal areas. They have got a, a, an effectively a transient lifestyle. They can come and go as they please within reason. All of the bills are inclusive, so it's easier for them to manage their money. And 
it's just a great place to be if you do it well and it's giving people the opportunity to get onto um you know sort of their own independence if you like without breaking the bank now that's that's the biggest element with hmos now that's always been there but what is the future going to look like after everything stops after all the government schemes stop well, people will always need somewhere to live. Now, despite what may happen in the economy and despite what may happen with the furlough scheme and if people have got jobs or even if they haven't got jobs, people will always need somewhere to live. Now, the HMO market obviously is going to be a more affordable option because it is cheaper to live in a HMO room than it would be to live in a studio or a flat or a single let property. So, um, I personally believe that actually we're going to go into a market that's going to be stronger than ever. Now, we might have to change our demographic. We may have to go from working professionals to universal credit or to housing benefit. Now, that's okay. We don't, you know, this is not the tenant's fault if they get laid off. But potentially, you know, if you're, um, I don't know how many jobs are going to be out there in the new normal, but you know, tenants that work and want to work generally do find jobs quite quickly. You know, they're not the ones that want to stick around and just not do anything. So because of those reasons, I think HMOs are not going anywhere. And I think they're going to be really strong moving forwards. And, you know, properties that if you can offer a great standard of living and if you can offer properties that have got working from home facilities, so really good high speed Internet, if you can get it desks, chairs, places that people can actually sit there and work and put a laptop down. Also, um, if you can offer garden space, if you've got a property that does have an outdoor space, all of these things combined, all of these things collectively will make for what I believe is going to be one of the strongest strategies moving forward. So I don't think it's going anywhere, folks. People will always need somewhere to live. It's always going to have to be affordable. HMOs plug all of those gaps. Now, I've been talking on my, my property group. If you're not in my property group, folks, it's called the HMO and Property Community Group. It's on Facebook. We've got 17,500 active landlords in that group. Now, yesterday, there was a post about deposits. You know, do you take deposits? Don't you take deposits? And it's caused a little bit of a split because um, whilst it's not a legal requirement to take deposits, some people think that it's completely imperative that you do. Some people think that, um, uh, you know, you, you don't need to. So um, and that's up to you moving forward. So if you want to take a deposit for your HMO tenants, it's entirely up to you. And I'm going to do a, a separate podcast on that, you know, deposit versus non-deposit, just to give you my point of view and, and what the pros and what the cons are. But if you've been thinking about, you know, stalling, about going into the HMO market, um, you know, there's an, added, there's a, an old saying, uh, you know, an old adage saying that you know don't wait to buy property buy property and wait there never really is a good time to get into property you know apart from now it's always going to be the best time to get into property and if you're thinking about doing buy to let single let over HMO then you've got to ask yourself the question HMOs cash flow a lot more and that's why we do it you know we can cash flow four times as much from a HMO property than you can from a single let and if you can, you know, get a property in a great area that, you know, you will only ever be full, then why would you take that over a single let? Maybe you're looking for experience. Well, there are lenders out there that will lend to first-time landlords provided you have your own home. If you don't have your own home, then you might go to bridging for an option. 
So, I mean, I've got 17, 18, 19, 20, I've got 24, I think, or 25 single lets. So I'm not just totally biased towards HMO, but my HMO portfolio makes a lot more money than my single let portfolio. So that's what I think, folks. A little bit of a, you know, um, a non-scripted ramble there on my thoughts with HMOs moving forwards. I think HMOs and of course single lets are going to be strong as well, but we're in a very different market. You know, you either if you can if your tenant demographic has enough money to go and get a single let, then they will. We're in the market where you know the tenants can't quite afford that single let. That's why they come down to the HMO route. So we've just come out of our busy period now, what would have been our busy period. You know, we're coming into um, autumn now where the market starts to slow down. Now we have got some voids. We've got about eight voids at the moment, but we've got 100% rent roll. Um, the voids are a little bit annoying, but that is all down to the coronavirus element. We should have been full um, because of coronavirus, it slowed things down a little bit. Um, but I think all things are good. So those are my thoughts on HMO. And if it's any different moving forwards in two or three years time, then I will come back and eat my hat. But I really don't think it's going to be folks, honestly. Don't forget, regardless of unemployment, people will always need somewhere to live. We're not building any more land. The housing stock is as low as it's, you know, it's always going to be um, below the required limit. The government can't meet their 300,000 homes um, requisite that they have. They just can't do it. So we're always going to have this element of the private rental sector will always be strong. And I think HMOs are certainly going to be here to stay. So those are my thoughts. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Don't forget to head over to that review button, folks, please. If you do enjoy my podcasts and uh, type a review in iTunes, and I'll be back here tomorrow with some more content. Take care. And don't forget, no matter what you do today, have some fun. Oh, my God.